Welcome to Turn Road Talk, brought to you by the Mid-South Pioneer and Phytogen Seed Teams of Corteva AgriScience. Uh, welcome back to Turn Road Talk uh, w- with our Mid-South Agronomy uh, podcast. This is Darren Malone with Corteva AgriScience, agronomy lead for the Mid-South. And today I've got the honor to have a special guest. Our guest today is Gus Eiflin. Gus is a, is a district field agronomist for the Mississippi Delta and Hills, the Black Belt Prairie of East Mississippi. And what we're going to do today is, is talk a little bit about our new class of, of hybrids that we're going to be positioning in Gus's area. And Gus is going to kind of dig into the details a little bit. And I'm going to kind of lay out what, what the, you know, what the current hybrid, the new hybrids are. And then we've got an intro class we'll introduce to. But the main thing today is to talk about our new class, which is P0953. P1222, P1289, and P1718. Uh, this class came out um, last year as an intro class. The one thing I've liked about this new class is I see some stability across these hybrids, Gus. Uh, we got some really good performance, and we're going to let Gus, like I said, talk a little more in depth about positioning these for, you know, the Delta as well as uh, East Mississippi, the Black Belt Prairie, and the hills of Mississippi. And then we've got a, a kind of an intro class that we'll – little product test we call it product knowledge test this year and those are p1170 p1511 and p1608 we won't talk in detail about those three new hybrids but we wanted to introduce those to you today and we'll have those in our pkp plots what we call our product knowledge plots but with that i'm gonna open it up to gus gus tell us a little bit about yourself um glad glad, first of all glad to have you on the team um i was honored to get you on our team but Tell me a little bit about your background, kind of how you got started with, you know, with Pioneer. But the Gus will represent not only Pioneer, but our phytogen brands as the district field agronomist. Gus, I'm going to turn it over to you. Thanks, Darren. Uh, yeah, my name's Gus Eifling, um, district field agronomist. I live in Starford, Mississippi. So one of the questions was how I got to where I am today. So I grew up in a little town in the Mississippi Delta, um, born and raised on a farm. My dad was a manager, so I've been in ag all my life. Uh, went to college, went to work, all that. Uh, so I started off at USDA and I worked three years there with them as a research assistant. And then from there, I went to work for Phytogen. Um, was there for three years. So your and, first experiences was in cotton. Yes. Which is, you know, we've got Pioneer and Phytogen. That's correct. Brand, so. That's correct. So I was in cotton that first uh, three years of, I guess, the second three years of my, my career. Uh, and then the cotton kind of left the Mississippi Delta for a little while, started going down a lot and, uh, just got married. And so looking out, didn't know what to do. And I got a phone call out of the blue and it was, uh, uh, Dr. Dan Poston with Pioneer sure. at the time. He was a agronomy manager was, for the, that's correct. for the Southern region, correct? That's correct. Okay. And so he, uh, he reached out and offered me a job and I took it. And so I started with Pioneer, uh, I guess it's been. 14, 14 years ago. Oh, yeah. That's 14 been a while. years ago next month. Mm-hmm. So, been with them. I've done anything from uh, district sales assistant to territory manager, sales agronomist, and now to the district field agronomist. So, I've been working um, in the fields of Mississippi and West Alabama for the last 14 years in a somewhat similar role to this. Sure. Uh, and then in December, uh, I got the opportunity to step up to the district field agronomist and been a whirlwind, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, agronomy is my passion. 
And that's what I've been well, really man, glad to focus man. on. Oh, yeah, we're glad to have you on the team. And I'm kind of doing Dan's job as the agronomy leader for the Mid-South and um, pretty similar role. But Dan's actually covered the whole southern unit. We've got myself, uh, and then we've got Todd Rowe covering the southeast. But but I kind of want to go back to this this class that, that we're, you know, our commercial class for this year. When I look at it, one thing that excites mm-hmm. me is we've got early, mid, and we've got kind of a fuller season hybrids to look at. Um, and that's and that's a good thing is because we want to offer choices to our customers. But, you know, looking at 0953, the 1200 series, the 1222, 1289, and the 1718. But, Gus, tell me a little bit about, you know, a lot of guys in the state, you know, whether they're in the hills or the black belt or maybe in the delta, some guys want to get some corn planted early to get it out early. Tell me a little bit about 0953 and the maturity range of that hybrid as well and how to position it. Yeah, so 0953, it's a YHR. Uh, it's a 109-day product. Um, we tested it last year in the um, PKP plots that we had. It was mainly tested in West Tennessee and North Alabama. Uh, I did not have enough to plant, uh, to put in all the plots that I had in, in Mississippi. Um, what I can tell you is it's the first 109 day we've had that consistently ran with the full season products, uh, which is a big deal because like Darren had alluded to, if you can get your corn out early, uh, and it still yields well. It's just a win-win. So and, for us, and some guys need to get a little bit of corn out early, right? That's they correct. Don't have everything stacked in full season, do they? That's correct. Plus, okay. you can start hitting uh, those July premiums and get extra money for your bushels uh, at the end of the year too. So that's a good thing. Um, so tell me, O nine five three. I know it's an early season. A lot of the early seasons hybrids have a more fixed ear. Is it one I can you can push the population on? You can. I would call it a semi-flex. Okay. But with 0953, I would still run it. If we're going irrigated, I'd probably bump it up 34,000, 36,000 okay. uh, just to make sure you get the yield. Uh, but just like all the other 109s, 108s, even got some 102s I've seen, uh, any of that early season stuff, you do run a risk of brittle snap. Uh, but it doesn't matter what company it is. It's just something about it's all that growth is trying to do in a short amount of time because it's an early product. So you want to make sure that you do everything you can uh, to, to limit that. So you want your population right, your standing, you know, stand counts. All so the second question you probably going to get is how stable, um, we call it stability. Is this a corn that you can plant across, you know, what I call low to moderate yield environments plus high yield environments and get yes. pretty good performance? Yes, you can. Okay. And again, I know I give a watch out of brittle snap, but it's, it's standability is excellent. It's got great stalks and roots. Uh, like I said, it's about a one week period in any of these early season products that you have to watch out for the weather. Sure. Uh, well, speaking, what it is. speaking of weather, when it's cool and wet, do you have pretty good stress emergence with? Yes. Oh, nine, five, three. It does have a good stress emergence. Uh, it is one of those, the only, the only thing that I'm still looking into on it is where it performed well in West Tennessee and North Alabama. Because um, you've got North Alabama. I may have missed that, but you do yes. cover kind of Western and a little yes. bit of that North Alabama. Yes, too, that's correct. Uh, the nighttime temperature there is a lot more mild than it is in, say, the Southern Delta of Mississippi. Uh, so that's the part I'm still testing on to see how it handles those really hot, uh, humid nights in the, the lower Mississippi sure. Delta. Uh, so that's one of those we'll find out. So when you get in the hills of Mississippi and that Black Belt, as well as that Alabama region, is it a little bit more dry land acres? I know if you get in the Delta, a lot of fur irrigated, but yes. so, yeah, so that's where you need that more stability, right? That's correct. That's correct. And it, it has what I would call a floor. 
and it's very rare that you find corns that have a yield floor, uh, which is in from what I've seen of this, you know, 120 bushel range, which I know that sounds low to some, but like West Alabama, that's a really good crop. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in dry land years from what we saw with this one, it's going to hit that 110, 120 and kind of hold there where there are other products that get on down to that 30 bushel range. So it does have a floor, which is a really good deal for stress. Uh, but high yield as well. We saw some of this in West Tennessee yeah. last year doing I'll, 220, 230. Yeah, I saw it over 200 in several plots. Yes. So it has high yield potential too. So it's an all around play of a what I'd call a workhorse. So, yeah. Traditionally, we plan on the well drained soils. But in case you do get this on a little bit heavier soil, does it perform okay there, you think, from what you've seen so far? What I've seen so far, it does. Um, now, okay. last year, we had a lot of rain and mm-hmm. uh, especially in the in the eastern side of the state a whole lot of rain and it, it did okay um you know okay. there are some that we need to watch out for the for the drainage and this one I, the verdict's still out but i from what i saw it looked good so getting it out in time is it is a could you let this sit in the field and dry or do you need to go ahead and harvest it at 25 percent range roughly well, with a dryer if you, got if you have capable. a dryer i'm gonna always recommend starting at 25 24 percent it doesn't matter what the hybrid is it's just yes it, it helps you with timeliness and all that um my recommendation though is and this is just for me across the board i don't like waiting until 15 percent to start harvesting corn in the field i don't like it drying down that low if you can avoid it i would rather you do it 18 percent take your dockage at the, at the elevator, you're still going to make more mm-hmm. money because yeah. you have more weight in it and right. you don't have to worry about the head shatter and all that. And, and, you know, your, your, your stalks breaking up and all sure. that. So I would rather take a, a, good point. a little, a little burn at the, at the elevator than I would in the field. And I think we'll talk about this later, what I call suitability for fungicide management. So let, let's have that conversation a little bit later. Um, and what we do when we're looking at, Looking at disease scores helps us understand whether to make, uh, whether it's suitable for a fungicide application. So, but there's also that yield effect that you can get from a yield enhancement from a fungicide. But we'll, let's table that later because I think we'll have a, a good discussion on on managing our hybrids with fungicides at a later at a later podcast. But let's move to the, the 1200 series and what I call 112. There's two of them there, uh, 1222 and 1289. So maybe cross compare those two real quick mm-hmm. and which one has the best fit for your area. All right, so the two Darren has talked about is the 1222 YHR and the 1289 YHR. And both of those we tested last year. And I'll be honest with you, I liked them both. I I tended to like 1289 YHR a little better just for the uh, suitability of it. Kind of went more across the board. Didn't matter where you put it. 1222 for my area, the area that I cover, it did really well on sandy and silt loam soils in the Delta fur irrigated high yield scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, it did find other places as well, but 1289 seemed to have an edge in more of that work horse environment. So yeah, I guess you saw the press 1222, David Hula, you mm-hmm. know, in the Virginia made what, 600 bushels. Yep. So yeah, we're going to get a lot of questions about 1222, but I do agree with you. I think it's a great high yield play. Um, and I think it fits more in that delta, like you said. So what are the attributes of 1289 that you like it more for that upland, hills, black belt, and Alabama region? Well, uh, start off with it 
as far as emergence goes, they both emerge great. 1222 okay. probably has a little better stress emergence or cold, cold emergence, mm-hmm. something like that. So if you were to plant early, it tends to come out of the ground a little better than the others. But with that being said, 1289 to me, it's just a, I don't know how to explain it. It, it just get, fits better. Uh, it's got a better stress tolerance as far as during throughout the year. Uh, it seems to, to well, pollinate. When you say stress tolerance, it makes me think of plant health. So you feel like the 1289 comparing to 1222 may have a little better plant health package. May it, maybe a little bit. It's okay. not, um, it's, if you're looking at them side I by call side. I stay green. Is it yeah, a little more stay green? it's a little green? more stay green. But okay. if, you, if you're looking at them side by side, you really, until that combine runs through, you're not going to see a lot of difference. Sure. Uh, from what I saw and just going through data from last year, 1289 has a, a slight edge, you know, three to five bushels advantage over 1222 on that moderate to low yield area. Okay. Um, so in that moderate, let me just explain my yield buckets. Sure. So that's good. High yield is, in my opinion, 220 bushels plus. Moderate is going to be that 180 to 220. And then the low yield is going to be less than 180 is typically what we say, but really it's more like, 140 and less 140 160 yeah so that moderate kind of plays in between but when you're talking mm-hmm. moderate in a bucket scenario, and that's where you think 1289 it's got a little better fit 1289 right here, so. has a little better fit there okay. um you know it'd say it's, it's labeled a semi-flex from what i saw um it population higher, wise it, yeah population wise so irrigated i'm gonna run both of them up 34 36 000. okay uh dry land though that's where it comes into play a little different uh, I'm going to go more in that 28 to 30, 32 range, depending on what part of the state you're in. Okay. Um, there are a still, still, are you going to position 1222 in that dry land acre? Or no. You're going to stay with 1289. So I'm going 1289 okay. on anything dry land. Gotcha. 1222 is going to be irrigated only in my opinion, because you want, that's where you're, you're trying to push for that premium top end yield, uh, because it has that potential. Cool. Yeah. I really like these two hybrids. I think they in the early season market, you know, we've been looking for something to replace 1197. And I think both of these are, are probably going to be strong replacements. Probably got better agronomics from what I can see. Yes. Trait wise than what 1197 does. So I think these will be two, two good products for us moving forward in that, you know, that 1200 series or 112 day. I agree with that. So that's what, from what I've seen, uh, in the data, and of course, it's just one year right now. We're we're getting excuse me, one year PKP. And we've had impact data, uh, but the the 112 days there, I think they're going to replace the 110, 111, even the 114. So this is kind of our first year to commercially sell these. That's this correct. 12, 5, 3, 12, 22, 12, 89, 17, 18. That's yeah. correct. And it was a limited launch this first year because mm, right. just of of this brand new. Sure. Um, so we but, needed a PKP at last year, the product knowledge plus to really understand it by environment, didn't we? That's correct. That's okay. correct. And that's typically how we do is is the PKPs help you find performance and agronomics by environment. Sure. Uh, that's where we, we try to focus on all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the I think this 1289, 1222, I believe these two is going to take a lot of that early season market for us. Okay. Sounds good. Well, listen, last but not least, let's talk about 1718. This is one that when I look at the data, it kind of cream rises to the top, I feel like. But tell me about, I know it's a high yield play, it appears, but it, it appears like it's got some guts too, just looking at it. 
from yes. from afar, right, a little bit yes. to me because I I'm looking at all the data throughout the Mid South, and you're focusing in on that East Mississippi, Alabama, Black Belt, and Deltas. But tell me how where, where you see seventeen eighteen fitting. Yeah, so seventeen eighteen is seventeen eighteen VYHR. It's a Viptera, so it has the, so, the yeah. corn earworm trait okay. in there. Um, so is that third generation BT? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Cool. Uh, and what I can tell you about this is this is one that's probably got everybody the most excited. Um, we haven't seen yield performance out of out of our lineup uh, like this since I would say 2088, 2089. Uh, it's got that type of yield performance coming behind it. The plots we had in last year, it was 20 bushels better than everything in the plot. Didn't matter whose it was. Well, and that's funny you say, when I think of those two products, when I was a district field agronomist for, you know, uh, kind of Southeast Missouri, that, you know, 2089 series was coming on board. But the one thing I remember about that hybrid is it was pretty stable. You can almost point and plant that thing in a lot of different places. You feel like 1718 is similar to that? From what we've seen so far, yes. I think okay. it's one of those you put in your planter and you have specifics. You're trying to go for this acre. But if it rains you out and you got a planter full of seed, you don't have to clean it out. You can just go plant the next dry field. I think you're going to be good with that. So and I do want to point out though. Tell me about population though. Well, let me come back to okay. that. So it yields, like I said, it, it yields like 2089 in my opinion, maybe even slightly better. Um, but I do want to point out that the standability is way better than 2089. Okay. Um, that was the downfall of 2089. Sure. It kind of got lazy sometimes. It got lazy. Or late, you, yeah. a late straight line and wind you couldn't or do like. the population very high. Uh, with this one on that, stalks and roots are good. Uh, so what we're seeing on this is population-wise irrigated. I'm going to run this thing up, up to 34. I'm not going to go over 34. Okay. Up um, to. Up to 34. Okay. And if you, you know, just like in some of my West Alabama places that like 26,000, that's okay. We so it sounds like sounds like since you said twenty six, it flexes pretty good. It flexes pretty well, yes. Which helps you on that dry land. It does, day. it does, and that way you're still getting the same yield, but you're putting fewer plants in the acre. Uh, therefore, you're not you're not having as much stress on can the I, plant. Can I plant this one early and late? Both. What What's your thoughts? So, from what we've seen on this, early planting is a definite yes. Uh, the late planted stuff, the verdict's still out. I didn't Maybe. see enough of it last year. This year we'll have enough. But we'll have enough this year to that's correct. commercially to understand. That's correct. Pick up that. So for, for what we sold this year. So I've, you've been pretty conservative in that position. That's correct. Okay. We have we have kept this some of your better ground um, just for the simple fact of we don't know on the late season stuff. So like you, the, you probably need to see it in that cooler weather environment to rate that stress emergency. The cooler weather we've already done. That had that last year and okay. it did very it well. Did well there. It's okay. the late planted is what we don't know. Because right. sometimes, you know, I, I hate bringing up one we're not talking about, but it's a very good uh, companion product to one we have called 1870 YHR. It's 118 day. We yeah. like 1870 planted later. Because yeah. it doesn't do well early planting. So, so this is where this we would is, start with this so and then seven, roll into 1870. Yeah. Like 1870 does do, you know, for a stress emergency, so average maybe. So it does better plant it on the later planting That's window. That's correct. Or the sequence of that window. That's correct. But yeah. this one does have the guts that I, I will put it in East Mississippi. I will put it on the sure. Black, Prairie, a Black so it, Prairie in dry land conditions. Very adaptable. Very adaptable point kind of a point and plant maybe we need to learn a little bit more about it but it, it appears it could be a point yes plant hybrid. and it's it's the, the the season you know of of when would you plant so and look it varies year to year um 
and it varies across my territory. So we've had some corn that went in earlier in March and we've got mm -hmm. some people in the hills that they don't even start to April 10th. So right. we're trying to wait. And it, it's when we say, I don't want to give a definite date. Don't plant this one after April 15th. I don't want to say that because it varies wherever you are. You, you, when I look at your geography, you got a lot of diversity and cultural practices. You've got the flatland Delta and you've got the hills of Mississippi. You've got the black belt. And you've got that western Alabama, so you you deal with a lot of different environments. So you got to wear a lot of different hats when you go to position these hybrids, That's too, right? So, yes. yes, and it's good that you that we can take a look at all these products um, when they come out of our impact testing, which is our testing um, R four and R five that we get them in the PK piece, and we understand them by environments better, and and that allows us to position them better commercially yes. with our retailer and growers. So that's what on our PKPs, the main focus that we have as agronomists is knowing where these things go, finding yep. placement, seeing how they act and looking at agronomics. The yield is just a bonus. And that's our commercial a PKP plots. Again, just for our listeners, that's our commercial agronomy plots where we really dig into the, to the positioning by environment and by management. That's correct. Correct. And we, we take soil samples on everything day of planting. Uh, we're getting CECs. We're looking at soil types. That way we can pinpoint where well, they all go. Man, I, I think that's a later podcast, too. Maybe we can come back and talk a little bit more about the, you know, maybe Product Knowledge Plus, but also the Yield Pyramid. But with that, I mean, um, man, it's been great, to, Gus, to talk to you about this new class. And, you know, like I said, in your area, which includes the Mississippi Delta, the Hills, the Black Belt of Mississippi, as well as that Western Alabama. So, man, great, great update on how to position and where to place these hybrids. So look forward to having you back on Turn Row, Turn Row Talk on, on the next podcast. So you guys have a great day. Thanks.